Bonehead Radio. Bonehead Radio. What do you want? I don't. I don't know. Can we start over? Oh my god. Yeah. I I wasn't ready. There's your opening, by the way. Yeah. Welcome to Bonehead Radio. I'm Joe Lewis. I'm Chad Jennings. James Thomas. The cat just talked for you. His lips moved. You're the worst ventriloquist ever. I'm sorry. I'm working with the dummy. Yeah, yeah. But what's the what's the what's your excuse? I got nothing funny to say. Anyway, this is our tribute episode to what we consider one of cinema's great legends, whether people acknowledge that or not, specifically to independent film and independent cinema. We're talking about George Romero. Now, it's going to be a little heartfelt at the beginning, and promise that we'll get our smart-ass antics as the show goes on, and we'll start ripping some of the movies, because not all of them are winners. No. And we have some of them right here in front of me right now. That now, aren't winners? That, that was what you just implied. <laughs> actually, you know, those are all winners, aren't they? <laughs> we got the good ones. We must have left the shat <laughs> off the table. What's the shitty one? We'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, what? No, we're waiting. Back to what I was saying. We've got some of the winners on the table. If you're watching us, if you're just listening to us, we'll talk about them as we go. I met George Romero in Chicago probably about six, seven years ago at a Fango, Fangoria for you people out there. They used to do conventions that were run by, uh, who did? Creation. Creation. The Democrats. The Democrats. Democrats. Damn Democrats. Bull Moose Party did them in the the beginning. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Anyway. The Bull Moose did the Democrats? (laughs) Can I get through one heartfelt minute without you assholes running? Absolutely not. Really? Really? Oh my god. Anyway. No, I still want to know. Are we going to talk about the fact that Romero never covered How Zombies Poop? We'll we'll get there in a second. That's all I want to talk about for 45 minutes. Zombie defecation. Minute. All right, so... Zombie defecation? I met Romero then. I had the honor to basically moderate his panel at Scarefest two years ago. Chad ran the mic and was there as well. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of my favorite experiences of my entire life. That was your first one, wasn't it? It was the first year I moderated, yeah. Yeah. It was was the second panel, I think, but I was... I was trying to remain cool, but it was, for you people who don't know me, I'm not a nervous individual, nor do I get nervous, but... I was extremely nervous because he was a legend and I was going to be interviewing and I'd done so much work and I knew what I was going to ask and I promised him the night before when I asked what he wanted to talk about and he said, well, I'd like to talk about some of the movies that got away from me. Like, he was going to do Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. He was going to do, um... He did the mummy. He was going to do the mummy. He's going to do the mummy. He's going to do Resident Evil. Yeah, Resident yeah. Evil was the big one. Resident Evil was the big one and I wanted to talk about that stuff too and I promised him that I wouldn't ask any zombie questions and he said I, I was like no I promise I can't promise for the audience the audience will take care of that for me so we're able to get some great stories out of them we'll have a link to that to that uh, panel on our web page whenever you want to go check it out now we'll go on with the rest of the show I just want you to know that we're going to have fun for the rest of the time but he meant a lot to me he meant a lot to our friends here and you sh- he should be remembered m- for more than Night of the Living Dead he should be remembered for adding so much to independent cinema and films made on their own, with their own money, outside of Hollywood. And not covering how zombies poop. 
and not covering how zombies poop. So, anyway, back to what we were saying. Which one do you want to start off with first? Uh, do we go chronologically? Let's go chronologically. Yeah, let's, why not? There's a couple I've never <laughs> saw. There's one that you can get, you have to special order, I think, off of Amazon. It's called There's Always Vanilla, which was his follow-up to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know about it or not. It was a kind of a romantic comedy. I don't think it did very well. For years, it's been out of print. Then yeah. there was Season of the Witch. I don't think I've ever saw I've that one. I've never seen that one. It's not really not the a, one with Nicolas Cage, by the way, which is not as shitty as it sounds. No, uh, but it was not. It's, it's Season of the Witch wasn't the original title. No, it got retitled to make it sound like more of a horror film. It did have more of a thriller type vibe to it. Uh, if you read the description of it and look at what it's actually about, it's not necessarily a horror film. It got retitled. Uh, they interviewed not too long ago. The actress from that, whose name escapes me, she never really did much else. That was her Barbara Eden. <laughs> it was Barbara she was in nothing. Eden. Nothing. Larry Hagman was the Jenny. 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 Anyway, no. The well, that was funny. 30, 23 years ago. <laughs> Keep going. See, we can't even get through. Anyway, no. Uh, this is fascinating, she, James. Hashtag let James speak, people. She hashtag suck it. So did this just become the I Dream of Jeannie oh episode? My oh my god. god, do you remember that time Jeannie was a <laughs> I never saw it. He's got <laughs> Joe's got her number. He's gonna make her his. I do have Jenny's Eight, number. Six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Damn you, Tommy um, Two Tone. Anyway, no, she never did much else, but one of the things that she said was the reason it actually got retitled was it used a song by a certain Donovan. Mm. which was called Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch so was a great song. So it was song. not the original title for that. It got retitled based on the fact that you used that song, and that song was a hit. So before it came back out, they retitled it Season of the Witch, and that's how it got that title. It was originally. I don't imagine there's a distributor out there going, so we just paid for George Romero's movie and blah, 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 blah. And didn't he do Night of the Living Dead? Why are we doing something that doesn't have some sort of horror theme? I'd imagine they were probably on board with that. Probably. Or just sit there silently. That'll yeah, work yeah. for us. That always, yeah. Yeah, because let James speak obviously worked out for us. Well, I don't know what you want me to say. That You want me to argue going, no, no, they loved his comedy. No, jobs. you could have no. just kept the conversation flowing. No, well, obviously not. Maybe much like uh, the, the ghouls that will come back from the dead. See what I did there? See what I did? <laughs> the ghouls. ghouls? Ghouls. The next one is a movie that I saw. Have you ever seen it? I don't. The yeah. Crazies. I've actually never seen The Crazies. I've seen The Crazies. Have you ever seen the original Crazies? No, the original. Okay. The remake's not a terrible film, I actually say that, but it's really not much to do with the original. Basically, the remake's just another zombie movie. But The Crazies is kind of the government's taking over. Once again, it has a lot of these ideas that we would see Romero play with as we went on of don't trust government. Same thing John Carpenter would do in other movies as well. It's probably the reason why they were friends. They were friends. So, it's... Um, it suffers from a low budget, probably hasn't aged well. I do recommend if you can find the original uh, draft or original, the original version of The Crazies, go out and check it out. Not much to add since you guys have never seen it. Yeah, no. sorry. Uh, I haven't seen it. Holy crap. <clears throat> well, what's the next one? Well, James, you said you wanted to bring up the, his documentarian work. Documentarian? documentarian? Yeah. That, what's a documentarian work? Now, a documentarian would make documentaries. That's where yes. they consist on a dialect. Dialect. <laughs> I have gone on no sleep today, people. <laughs> Let um, Chad speak, hashtag. Uh, no, that, he did make a lot, and that's a, something that doesn't get a lot of attention. He did a lot of a series. It was called The Winners. 
and he looked at different aspects of sports. And what's really interesting about he studied that, losers. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it was very ironic. Uh, it was if, so he, funny. if he was still making that, he'd be covering us right and now. now um, absolutely. No, the uh, but he looked at a lot of different athletes. And what's interesting about that is in this age where we do have the NFL Network and we have all these different you know major league sports ticket, all that you can watch twenty four seven documentaries about. Specific 30 sports. on 30. 30 on... Right. It, he followed different sports. He did a lot of different things. Covered uh, a young, up-and-coming guy. He's kind of faded away now. He's called O.J. Simpson. Oh, I've never heard of him. Um, yeah, he yeah, played... No. Um, I he, think he played football. He played football. Well, actually, um, he's he's most well known for uh, the Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Yeah, he yeah. was just a, he was a football player for just a while. Yeah. Didn't he have a run-in with the law? I'm... Uh, if I remember correctly... Um, he, he drove a Dodge Charger, and he was in trouble with the law since the day he was born. He was making his way, way the, the only way he knew how. how. And that's just, just a, little a little bit, bit more than, than the, the law, law would allow. Now, everybody, should we point out the fact that it wasn't a Dodge Charger, it was a Ford Bronco? Yeah, well, no, no, no let him go. Dodge okay. Charger. I'm on a roll. When, let, let it go. Uh, no, James he, is talking he, about when the Germans <laughs> bombed Pearl Harbor. Keep going. No, so he did. He also had an issue with, with gloves. They didn't fit right. Mm. <laughs> Once again, that was hilarious 25 years ago. ago. Yeah. Timely. It was timely, timely humor. Timely. Uh, no, but he did Willie Sturgill. He did a lot of different athletes, and he actually he produced it. How did he also, do Willie Sturgill? Slowly with love. <laughs> the point being is he covered a lot of... With lubricant. He covered a lot of different sports. Romero was, was a of, sensitive lover. Um, well, this has went off the rails. Oh, God, we, no. I'm having a blast. I don't say, know about you. We kept the serious tone for about I told you seconds. it wouldn't last uh, long. But no, no. Uh, he covered a lot of different sports, which really was kind of off. I mean, And most of them were around, which was oh, his favorite Pittsburgh. city. Around Pittsburgh, which is where he went to school. And that's where uh, Monroeville Mall, mm -hmm. which is uh, where he later worked on certain... Called Ghoul certain of the Dead. Yeah. Ghoul School. He served Ghoulaid. And, uh, um, but no, it, so mall rats. That <laughs> I'm that, pretty, mall, that mall rats was shot in the same mall that Dawn of the Dead was filmed in. Is that true? I'm pretty sure that's true. I don't think that's accurate. I think mall rats was shot in Minnesota. I don't know. I'm gonna go home and drink some more. Somebody, you can feel free later on if you're listening or watching the show. You can feel free to go ahead and tweet oh, at us at, yeah. at Bonehead Humor and correct us and throw at, out at ideas. At Bonehead Humor Co. Right. Hashtag Chad's wrong. Hashtag Chad's wrong. Yeah, yeah. By the way, should we point out the fact that we were going chronological and we didn't even mention his the, the movie that? Yeah, well, I, the thought, genre. I, think, I know I, we weren't going to focus on it. I, but. I'd like to get back to it after we get through the ones I'd okay. like for people to well, watch. I was say, so if that's okay. Oh, that's fine. The, the end result, what I was getting at, is he made a lot of sports document documentaries. Because um, he, he was a documentarian. A yeah. He covered a lot of different ground. He did a lot of golf. Uh, I mean, he covered, but he directed eight episodes and he produced, uh, I believe, all of them. Uh, and it ran 1973 through 1974. And actually, the O.J. Simpson episode, interestingly enough, in 1974, proved so popular that they released it again as its own standalone documentary called... The Juice is Loose. The Juice is Loose. O.J. Simpson, The Juice is Loose, which would come back when he did have some Those Hertz commercials with the law. in the 80s. <laughs> For you people out there old enough to remember that. I don't remember them. Well, that's because <laughs> you're a youngin'. 
Old man, please shut up. <laughs> Old man, please shut up. All right, that's one thing, but he loved Pittsburgh. He did love Pittsburgh. Most of the movies took place in Pittsburgh. Even ones that were in Louisville took place in Pittsburgh. Even ones that took, yeah, they were in Louisville took place in Pittsburgh. Even ones that he would shoot later in Ontario. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a ghoul of the dead, land of the ghouls, which is the city in that surrounded by three rivers. It's clearly Pittsburgh. It yeah. was shot in Minnesota, mall rats. I'm oh an my God! Well, still, hashtag still, the truth. Let's get you free. Yeah. Okay. Chad's wrong. Shocker. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag blessed. <laughs> anyway, so getting off the hashtag wagon. So we've talked about the documentaries. What did we have after that? We probably have. Uh, oh, we have probably one of some people consider one of his best films, which is. You can say Martin. <laughs> oh, Martin. It's Martin. It Martin, Martin comes for Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So I thought, yo, that's right, because he, did he didn't want to do another zombie movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Martin is actually his personal favorite movie that of his entire career. Yeah. Yeah, Mar uh, but you talk about Marvin. Martin. <laughs> I could talk about Marvin. Which Marvin? <laughs> the Martian. Yeah, or I could talk about Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's or, just a depressed yeah. robot. Uh, so oh. so let's talk about Martin, the, the movie yeah. that inspired such wonderful characters as Shanae <laughs> and <laughs> Martin, Martin, Martin. <laughs> we haven't been drinking. God, that's the only character. I can... There, there are people out there watching the episode who have been commenting about what's in the cup. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you what's the in the cup. Spot, do you want to tell them? Orphan tears. Mm, Cups of delicious. Orphan tears. Orphan I don't know why tears. it's so bad that that's the only character I can remember from that sitcom. It doesn't matter. So who Martin, was the main yeah. character? What was his name? Romero. Oh, Romero. Oh, oh, George Romero. Oh, so we're not talking about Martin Lawrence anymore? No. Martin is a movie about a kid or young adult, a teenager, right? Yes. yes who yes. thinks he's a vampire? Right. His grandfather takes him in. Who thinks he's a vampire? Yeah. They have a very screwed up lifestyle yes. history. And basically, he uses needle, or he uses some sort of, uh, I can't remember what it is, to knock out women. Yep. And he uses razor blades to cut them and drink their blood. Right. Right? Right. Yeah, he doesn't have teeth or any no. of that other stuff. And he thinks he's a vampire. Right. And whether you believe he's a vampire or not it's a, yeah. is entirely up to you. Yeah. Which and I was re-watching Bruiser last night, which is another Romero film, and it has very similar... Yeah, you you, hey, you you questioned is it really in which we'll right. talk about Bruiser here momentarily because it's it's personally for me it's my favorite Romero film. Bruiser? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Even though we were talking about it before the show. It doesn't, yeah, I mean it's still it. I, I, we talk about it now. So Bruiser, where we're getting a little off the we're not going chronological, okay. but it's fine. That's all fine. We're still talking so, about so Romero. Bruiser. Um, it held a special place for me. Um, when I first saw it, I really enjoyed it. Now, granted, over multiple viewings, as me and Joe were talking prior to the recording of this, is that it doesn't necessarily hold up. There, there are several parts where the story kind of drags. There's some things that are questionable in it. It was, it was due to the logic points. Yeah, logic points and the budget of the of the movie. Peter Stormare, I was <clears> telling <throat> before we started taping this, we were talking about because I just rewatched it last night. Peter Stormare, a great character actor whom I love, but he needed to be probably pulled in a little bit on his yeah. leash. He went a little bit off the rails. Yeah. But um, the one thing, so this movie, what it's about is 
a man who is pretty much a, 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 a floor mat everywhere he goes. People walk all over him. Right. He doesn't get respect from his his girlfriend, his, his boss, wife is cheating on him. His wife, his friends, his boss suddenly wakes up one morning and he basically doesn't have a face. All he has is a clear white mask with two little eye holes, basically a featureless face. Mm -hmm. And he slowly descends into madness, sort of, because he can. He he suddenly realizes that without a face, everything that he that was him is gone now. And he can stand up. And he can himself. stand up. And, and he can re release his id. Would you yeah, say his he can finally yeah, release yeah. his id? And then, so what we what, what means is you know there's the whole question of is this really happening to him or is this all in his head? Right. And if it's all in his head, because even at the end he has the mask, he puts a mask on over it, and so when he takes the mask off, they know it's him. Yeah. So like the whole movie, they know they know it's him. It's just got this white mask on, but because. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Well, and, I, and you can I, read it either way. Oh, well, I was say, and you can go into the entire academic side of this, which is what I always end up doing. I, I want to talk about zombie poop. We'll, we'll get to your zombie poop and the academic side of that. We'll save zombies for last. But I think the other side of that is, I mean, that's a classic theme. The Invisible Man. The I mean, you can go back to philosophy. If you could be invisible, would you have societal control? I mean, that was something that was argued by philosophers long before The Invisible Man, long before any of that. And so when you're no longer identifiable, do you have to play by society's identity for you? That's fascinating. What do you do you think that's what James's fans wanted is this diatribe that we just listened to? Is that what they were looking for? <laughs> all, all I can say is at least it's not about the Scarlet Letter this episode. Holy crap. How you managed to turn him <laughs> into the Scarlet Letter. Spot, would you like to speak to my defense? At least he has fans. Mm. Oh, that's not true. Oh. You have that one lady who thinks you're a pillow biter. Yeah, and I'm I okay. and everybody's thinking what's in my cup. <clears throat> Somebody left a comment about me being fat on YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you are the yeah, only one. With that's, that's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo! Fans, but yeah, you so, know, it, it is a classic theme, right? No, Loss of identity. Well, I think, I if think, the losing of your identity, I, what I was going to say you. with that is. I think that actually, the reason I brought that up is it goes along with some of Romero's theme because you've got to think when Romero was making these movies and was starting to question the government, this was the same time when, and it started earlier than this, but Social Security numbers, all that, you had identification that had became systematic. Well, Watergate would have been going on towards That's the That's what I'm saying. So you, you just have all this stuff about... So wait, are we, talk, are we back this? to talking about Martin? What are we talking about now? I know that we need to get back to Martin probably because right, we spend a lot of time. But Martin is a really cool movie if you can, if you can find it. It's not too hard to find. It's fairly cheap on Amazon. Yeah. Don't worry about dropping a lot of money. I don't mean to be this rude. Don't worry about dropping a lot of money on some sort of 4K print of it. Yeah. Just watch it, and it's a grimy little feature. Yeah. It, it's got Tom Savini in it for you people out there who are probably fans of Scarefest and horror films. Tom Savini's been to Scarefest several times. He is a legend in the makeup field. He's Sex Machine and from Dust Till Dawn. He's really cool. And he's in a couple more of these movies that we'll be talking about in a minute. Well, and I was going to say, and he's part of that classic Pittsburgh crew that Pittsburgh Romero crew. started yeah. to work with, which and for me, and kept for, going on. And for me, Martin has one of those twist endings that actually pays off. Which yeah. I'm like, I don't want to... For anybody who's going to actually listen to this podcast and say, oh... I want to go see this movie. I'm not going to ruin the ending for you, but trust me, that in, the ending is just 
crazy. Now, is rest- it the same ending as that Nick Cage vampire film? I've actually never seen the Nick Cage movie. Oh, yes, where he thinks he's a vampire. Oh, you're talking about the one where he eats cockroaches. Where he, he actually ate a cockroach live on live screen. Live on screen. I've actually, yeah, I've never seen it. That is it, why Nick Cage is an American treasure. Not to be confused with National Treasure. What's it called? Vampire's Kiss? Vampire's Kiss. Yes. Not to be confused with Shadow of Vampire, which I think he produced. Anyway, moving right back along, because God knows we can't get through an episode without Nick Cage and the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Or Citizen Kane, for Hashtag that blessed. Hashtag blessed. Jesus. Oh, my God. Anyway, so Martin is one of those things you really should check out. The movie he did after that, because none of these films were... <laughs> you good? We'll just edit that out. If you're listening to us on iTunes, which are on iTunes right now... He uh, just wiped his uh, huge nose on... And by the way, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Joe really didn't need to state that we're on iTunes. (laughs) Just saying. That's probably redundant, yeah. (laughs) Hashtag born for radio. Born for radio. Anyway, none of these movies were huge successes, right? Yeah. So Dari, he was a, the original John Carpenter. In the, why can't John Carpenter be the original John Carpenter? <laughs> By the way, John, if you're watching this, shouldn't you be making movies? movies Don't you right have now, better things to do to with do. your time? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so Dario Argento is a famous uh, filmmaker in yeah. Italy. Made the uh, Giallo, Giallo. I can never say that word name. The the movies where people kill people with knives. Right? Knife killing movie. Bird with a crystal plumage. Stab, stab, jab, jab. Suspiria, all those things. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, he gets some money together and they want to do a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. And Romero goes back to the wells, you would say. But why? Because he needs to make money. Money, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, we haven't covered it, but he, most people who are going to watch this know about Night of the Living Dead. He made no money off Night of the Living Dead. He, there was an issue with copyright. They forgot. They left off the copyright on the on the film stock yeah. when they had it. They it was on it, and then it got left off. And I can't remember the exact story, but it ended up getting left off, which means people stole it yeah. in every state, coast to coast, and showed it without ever giving them money yeah, for and it. it. And it's it's now in public domain. It's been public domain. And if forever. you ever if you ever go to your 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 department store and you see a compilation of a DVD compilation of horror movies, you'll always find it on those, that and Nosferatu and the uh, cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Dr. Caligari. Uh, um, because all those yeah. under public domain and, and they don't have to pay anybody. They don't have to pay anybody. There's a couple other ones. Dementia 13, which was Francis, Francis Ford, Ford Coppola. Coppola. Uh, produced by Cor- Corman. So there's a lot of those that have hit public domain. So when you see one of those 50 great horror films, they use great sparingly, but there's some, there are some, there's some good some ones good in films. there. There's yeah. some good ones, but Night of the Living Dead didn't make him rich like a lot of people think it did. Yeah. Basically, Romero made everyone else rich. Right. No one got ripped off, and I promise I'm almost positive in my mind that I can make an argument that no filmmaker got more ripped off than George Romero over the last 30 or 40 years. Yeah, well, that there, there's an argument there. I don't know who got ripped off more. I know people ripped off Hitchcock. I know people ripped off Spielberg. But these people died rich. Yeah. Well, Spielberg isn't dead yet. Or is he? <laughs> but Romero, nobody got ripped off Rock Romero. No, Romero. Oof. Nobody. Well, I was about to say, and I think that's... And they even took it and bastardized it because to him they were ghouls. Yeah. 
Yeah. He used, ended up later calling them zombies because everybody else called them zombies. But zombies were something that took place in Haiti with, yeah. Yeah, with voodoo. 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 That's yeah, what yeah. a zombie was. It was a person that was under someone else's control. Serpent yeah. in the rainbow. Flesh. In fact, it was called the original title, Night of the Living Dead, was uh, the Night of the Flesh Eaters, right? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So there were ghouls. Right. And, and later, he was the one that had to end up calling them zombies. Yeah. Well. So, I think so much of that, though, and I, I think that's it. And I think that actually, it's really interesting that he was such a creative force, and his creation was taken away from him in some ways. Obviously, yeah. he used it to his advantage when he had to later in life. Absolutely. But, but I think that's one of the things that you do have to sit back. And one of the things that I'll talk about after we're talking about his films is I'm going to throw out his top ten favorite films. We'll discuss those too because I think that's interesting to see where he came from. Right. So for you creative types that want to go out and make your own films, we'll talk about what Romero loves. So we'll get to that later. So Dawn of the Dead, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. If you're watching this, more than likely you already know about it. And if you haven't, what's wrong with you? I, and we are not referring to the Zack Snyder... Which actually I like, but it should have never been called Night of the Living Dead. Or Dawn of the Dead, you mean? And if yeah, you've never Dawn heard of, of it before, it's the sequel to Night of the Living Dead, because that's how it works. There's night, and then the sun comes up and it's dawn. This is dead air. Y'all are supposed to. Oh, no, I was waiting for the Scarlet yeah, Letter to yeah, pop up. I was waiting. So next, we'll get to Night Riders. Hashtag Scarlet Letter. N- Chad, you rewatched Night Riders. Well, no. Was... Correction. I watched it for the first time. You'd never seen it before. I've never seen it before. Oh, really? I never. You had? No, never heard. That was the one. Well, there's several Romero films I haven't seen, but Talk in terms of great picture. <laughs> in terms of off. In terms of some of the movies that he's somewhat known for, Night Riders, I had not seen. It's actually the the debut of Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris. It was his first movie, and man, he really lays on the Ed Harris. <laughs> he Ed Harris's the, the, the he hell Ed out Harris's of that role. The crap out of that movie. But um, do you want to do you want to talk about it, and then I'll just chime in? Or? Well, that, it doesn't matter. Night Riders. For, it is a bizarre movie. I will give out a shout out to Chris Miller, who is a friend of mine and a guy I work with he saw he looked at the poster and saw the trailer for it and he came into my office I don't know if I called out because I told him we were doing this podcast or not and he came into my office and he said Night Riders what a weird oh my god what a piece of shit yeah. and I said no it's great no it is not a piece of crap and, and, and he said what it looks awful and he's on motorcycles and I said no no you have to watch it yeah. yes if I pitched it to you Basically, what it is, is if you've ever been to a Renaissance Fair or anything where it's knights jousting, instead they ride motorcycles and they keep up the whole Arthurian yeah, legends yeah. and all the tropes they and have a code. That goes, and they have a code that they live by, and they travel around doing these shows, and Ed Harris plays the... The king. King Arthur type, yeah, the king whatever, Arthur whatever type. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Savini is once again in it. Tom Savini plays kind of the villain. Yeah. But there's not of, really villain. There's not it. really a villain. It's not a horror film. It's nothing dark. No. It's a, really a character study yeah, of is. these people in their life. Yeah, and about how they're just trying to keep themselves together as a family unit. As a family unit. And, and they're, they're being pulled towards it. And, um, you know, one quick side that I, when I was doing research on this movie, I, I would like to have seen... <laughs> Well, I would have never sit through it. If if my research is right, his original cut of this movie was 17 hours long. I didn't know about 17 hours, but I was going to tell you that, and I got sidetracked. Stephen King, Martin, the cut that Stephen King saw, because they became friends right around that yeah. time, Stephen was King over three. Actually... Stephen King's and Night Riders, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Him and Tabby, his wife, yeah. uh, was over three hours. Yeah, and, I, and he has said before that that's the cut you should seek out. That that's the best part of the movie. That's the best movie I of Martin. 
I would not sit through a 17 hour movie. Nobody's going to sit through a 17 hour <laughs> And I don't movie. see, I, you know, I, I, I debate, I, I would like to see more evidence about the fact that it was 17 hours long because I just don't see how any body shot a movie that was going to be 17 hours well, long. Well, you know, they because he was always independent, back to what I was saying earlier, it was it wasn't till Creepshow and later that he worked for worked for studios. Yeah. These are all independently financed. Yeah. Even Dawn of the Dead, that was European money. Right. He he made these on his own and he could shoot for months because there wasn't all these deadlines. He's even talked about it. It's like Day of the Dead. Well, I shot for like oh, in the 80s, he shot yeah. for like 3 or 4 months. And there's one thing underground. You yeah. can just keep shooting. And you know, there the Night Riders is worth seeing. It's two and a half hours long, but one thing it's that a little long. <laughs> and there's one thing that Romero doesn't get credit for is the fact that he was an innovator in terms of you know basically civil rights, because a lot of his early films the 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 the, the hero of the movie was an African American. Night of the Living Dead. The Night hero of the Ameri the hero is an African American. Yeah. And, well, it doesn't end well for and, them. And with Night Riders, it doesn't Riders, end well for them. Absolutely, which is was a whole other play on society. Keep and with going. Night Riders, this was the late seventies. And there was so much involved in that movie. Like there's an there's an interracial relationship right. between a black man and a white woman. There's a they never actually come out and say it, other than them questioning the one character about being gay. But there is an obvious gay relationship in this movie. And I mean, this was the late '70s. Right. It was something that wasn't really being covered in cinema. And I mean, all of this just was, some TV, maybe soap. Was soap it, out at that time? I don't know. I don't know. But even then, it was played as humor. And it was played as humorous. humorous. This yeah, was a absolutely. serious relationship between two men. Right. So he covered a lot of ground in this two and a half hour movie about this weird group of people who live by Arthurian codes. Uh -huh. Well, I was going to say, and one thing that also came up when I was looking at his time in Pittsburgh and looking at the sports stuff, Tony Buba, who does documentaries and stuff like that, but worked with him on Dawn of the Dead and all that, was the last one they worked with him on. Went on to do a lot of documentary stuff, but he talked about how, because it was independent, because they did have time to shoot, it became almost a film school for other people. And he talked about, you would literally just go, uh, he talked specifically about shooting an underground scene in the mall mm -hmm. where they all went down and Romero was like, yeah, let's just try it this way. Let's do this. Let's do this. And Savini sitting there going, what can we do this? And one thing he also said was it was a film school for anybody else that worked with him because. You might be the casting agent on his next film. It may be, well, who do you think would be good in this role? Let's right, 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 right. So that entire thing, too, I think... Like, that, a, like a theater. Uh, yeah, and I think that goes back to, you're talking about being revolutionary as far as civil rights, but I think that was, he did have a theater mentality. It was, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the truth. Mm -hmm. This isn't my film. This isn't, we all have to do this because this is independent. This is whatever else, however you want to say that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the other part that's revolutionary about what he did was, uh, however the credits read, one of the things Tony uh, Bubaw said was, it was everybody. It was not uncommon. Matter of fact, he talks about on Night of the Living Dead, it was actually his mother who made lunch for everybody. And his grandmother came out and prayed that nobody would actually get hurt while they were filming. Hmm. And, you know, it was so it was really a family affair. Hmm. But Night Riders, if you could check it out, yes, it's it's a, it's a two and a half hour movie, but it's amazing. It's interesting. Moving right along, let's talk about his actually really his one of his biggest hits was Creep Show. I was looking this up. Yeah, Creep Show is based on EC Comics. Later on, EC Comics would probably come back in the fold a little more prominently through Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. However, but I don't think we would have got. Tales from the Crypt without, without Creep Show. Creep Show. And honestly, but would, would we've got Tales from the Crypt without Tales from the Dark Side as well? 
I don't know, but I, I was re-watching Tales from the Crypt. They opened, oh, shit. I was re-watching Creepshow last night. Yes, I like Tales from the Crypt. I have every season, and I love it, and I love the Crypt Keeper. But I don't know that he, it was written by Stephen King. I don't know that they actually didn't get closer to it with Creepshow than the actual Tales from the Crypt did. Yeah. Does that make sense to you, too? Yeah. No, which, which... I, in my head, it, it's... Because I read them. I read the re-releases you could get as a comics. Because yeah. I don't read a lot of comics and didn't when I was a kid. But I did enjoy those because I like dark, horrible things. And I love dark humor. And that was a great way to to read tale, uh, horror from the, was it tales was vault was the vault, the of, vault horror, of horror tales, tales from, from the, the crypt, crypt um, a bunch of them yeah and they all had different ones the crypt keeper was from tales right. from the crypt then you had uh, a bunch of the I mean but the, the uh, one comic that didn't sell wine cellar of doom <laughs> was not a big seller <laughs> I mean I'm we're wait, we did get too serious for the last ten minutes well I was gonna say though the flip side of that though and and I'm gonna be serious Ooh, again. would you like this Merlot Hold <laughs> on, let me get academic again. You could do the entire, um, the entire uh, part about. No, go ahead and ha- check your phone while you're doing this. No, unprofessional. Un- let I James did, stutter. Did, Hashtag let did, James I stutter. I didn't know it was on. I muted. Anyway, no. Uh, Casca Vimaniato is what I was going to say. There is horror. Oh, in my God, soul. he had to bring it back to Edgar Allan. Ah, uh-huh, see, <laughs> academic. No, what I was going to say. What's your What's your line about Edgar Allan Poe, Chad? <laughs> Go ahead and do it. Banged his cousin, died in a gutter. Mm, I thought mm. it was a ditch. You no, it was gutter. No, it was ditch. Ditch. It was ditch. For you no, screwed up I your own. It was line. a gutter. Also, that's apocryphal. Anyway, the uh, what I was gonna say is, I also have to say, Bernie. Ooh, uh, this Mont Blanc is possessed. Ooh. <laughs> I have a creep show poster that's signed by My George penis? Romero and your penis. Bernie Ryson. Bernie Ryson, that's what I was going to say. The artist. We also have to mention, because uh, I can't talk about Creepshow without saying Bernie Ryson, who died R. recently. Died well. recently, did the animation, did the Swamp poster, if you've heard the Swamp worked, Thing. Also worked on uh, Ghostbusters, the original mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. Had a hand in designing uh, the Hellhounds. Because we that. can't do another movie that we can't do an episode about without dropping Ghostbusters. Yeah, Bernie Ryson. But he also, he also designed, he did a lot of designs for the Spider, the first Spider-Man movie That's as well. True. Right. Stephen King wrote the movie. His son, Joe not, King. We're talking about Creepshow. We're not talking Creepshow. about Spider-Man. Right. His son <laughs> is the boy. If you've ever seen Creepshow, his son is the boy who's reading the comic and the father throws the comic out. That's Stephen King's son, Joe King. Now writes under the pen name Joe Hill. Hill. Yeah. They, uh, so it's check it out. It's a lot of fun. I actually think it's closer to EC Comics in in a sense than Tales from the Crypt was. And just a sheer amount of talent. And that's why I had to bring up Bernie Wrightson. But you have Leslie Nelson. Oh, Ted Danson Ted was Danson. in it. Uh, once again, Ed Harris. Ed Harrising up that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see who else do we have? E.G. Daly, who was a great character actor from the forties and fifties. Uh, E.G. Daly was in Twelve Angry Men. He's yeah. the old guy with the cockroaches at the end. Isn't the guy from The Fog in? Yeah, Hal Holbrook's in Thank it. You. Adrian Barbeau's in it. Hal yeah. Holbrook. I said Hal Holbrook. Twain. I know. Yeah. Hal Holbrook plays a great Mark Twain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't Did seen... Did you just pull out a Mark... Oh, my God. <laughs> he's trying to bat a thousand tonight. Uh, he's going trying full to... tilt literary. Yeah, he's going full tilt boogie. But anyway, back to what we were saying. Check out Creepshow if you have it. It's amazing. Yeah. The next one would be Day of the Dead, right? And Day of, so Day of the Dead is probably not the best Romero film, but it has one scene in it that absolutely, and still to this day, it has the best kill zombie kill scene. 
you talking about where he rips the guy apart? That's yeah. That scene still the the sound effect. Joe Pilato. I can't think of that guy's name. Joe Pilato, whatever uh, the actor's name. Yeah, I haven't seen in a while. But the, the 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 shrill as they're ripping the neck off the bo- and I still yeah. can't watch it because I have to I have to mute it because it literally really? cringe. Yeah, it, it makes me cringe. I can't stand the screen. It holds up so well. Yeah. That kill scene done by Tom Savini. Uh, uh, that's actually where. Um, Nicotero, Greg Nicotero, who's famous now for doing effects, but also produces and directs a lot of the episodes of uh, The Walking he Dead. He was a kid, started working on that movie with Tom Savini. It's where he got one of his starts. That is one of the best zombie kill scenes of all time. Yeah. Because they remove his body as the man's still screaming. Yeah. And I, it's good. You don't even have to say zombies. It's one of the best kill scenes, period. I agree. I agree. You're absolutely right. Thank you for spanking me. You're very welcome, Spanked. So after Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead was supposed to be a huge zombie film. They ended up cutting the budget. He didn't get the money he wanted. Had to cut a lot of the stuff out of the script. Is going to be his huge, big zombie film, right? right? That he really never really got to make. He it really just ended up being people in a in a bunker. So back to when we back to going about moderating and interviewing him. He was talking about working in Hollywood in the '90s, and actually he didn't make a lot of movies, but he made most of his money. In the 90s, yeah. when all those movies we're talking about that never got made. All he, the movies stayed in development to hell. The, and, yeah. But he got paid for a lot of that. Yeah. And the couple of movies that he did make, I don't know, are really great films. They're not. Monkey Shines, I, I enjoy. I enjoy Monkey Shines. I do not care for the dark half no, that much. Do I don't even know if that's a great I, Stephen King book. Well, it's a hard book to adapt to. Yeah, then they re, then they redo that as with the Johnny Depp Secret Window. Am I making that? That's up? a totally different book. Okay, okay. Yeah. that's in Four Past Midnight. Okay, I thought Dark but, Half and Secret Window. But the Dark yeah. Half, the way the Dark Half ends, is hard to adapt to screen. Right? I'm not making that up. Yeah, right? they they get in a write off, which his is, alternate. So he he's a writer and he writes under a pen name yeah. and his pen name comes to life. Yeah. And then at the end, to fight off, they out, try to outright each other, right? Isn't that how yeah. that happens in the movie? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Which is... It's it, not overly it, cinematic. No, but you could... I was about to say, and that's one of the things that certain things work in books, certain things work in movies, and sometimes those mesh beautifully. Other times, it's people typing against each other. Another another thing that he told us when he was in the 80s, and look it up on the interview, it's great because I didn't even know about it, he and Scorsese were friends, and we'll get to the, some of his favorite films. Yeah. And he and Scorsese almost made a movie for Disney, a haunted you know what's funny hotel picture. Right. Yeah. So uh, this is just me, and I'm gonna get full on dork here in a minute, right now. So uh, as opposed to the last you, forty minutes, if you so on IMDb, if you look up his uh, his bio, his uh, mm-hmm. trivia, whatever, it talks about, and he shared this story about the fact that him and his favorite one was it. He would go get a 16 millimeter. Print. Was it the red shoes? The red shoes. It was the red shoes. Because he wasn't raised in Pittsburgh. He was raised in New York. Yeah. Right. He, so he would go to New York. He would go find this 16 millimeter print and mm-hmm. watch it at home. And apparently, at the same time, Martin Scorsese was going to the same place and renting it. The same thing. And, but then they say, and then um, in the, the trivia of INDB says they never knew that. About they never. One they didn't find it out till later. later they became friends they later. That, but they implied that they never met one another. 
And they weren't. They were really good friends. They were really good friends, but that's not how they met. Remember, right. he told us that yeah. story. And, and you're going to have to do it uh, you know, I don't remember the details. But that's okay. They met later, yeah. but it was, oh, this <clears throat> other guy keeps him coming and getting it, and it was Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. They had the same kind of favorite movie. And the, there wasn't, at the time, for you kids out there don't understand this, this is before there was even VHS. Yeah. If you didn't see it on Saturday afternoon on TV as the late show, you weren't seeing it. It's right. not like you could just go out. There were revival theaters, revival houses that would show classics. But if it was a movie that was made 15 years ago and it was foreign, you weren't finding it. No, there was no, no Amazon to go look for. Nothing. So anyway, another great story. A lot of no, Not a lot of work in the 90s. Made a lot of money, but not a lot of work. Yeah. Not a lot of work that made it to the screen. And actually, and I didn't. I forgot that Bruiser was made in two thousand. Yeah, which was. is which goes back to where. And I didn't know it was. I thought it was older than that. No. Until I looked it up. And then the next movie would have been Land of the Dead. Which, and, and with Bruiser, it didn't get a theatrical release. It was straight to video. Yeah. Land of the Dead was his big zombie movie. It was made for Universal, so yeah. it was made for uh, not the budget it needed. Once again, he got always got stuck with a low and budget. And the side note, we actually saw Land of the Dead at for our. Friend James's bachelor party. Is that true? That was your bachelor party. That would have been yeah, around that time. No, yeah, that's why. That's where we went for his bachelor party. We went to see Land of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, because oh well, hell, I forgot that. One of the by the way, I remember seeing has, it with you all, but I don't remember. Yeah, the still bachelor has party. one of my favorite scenes in it because it does pretty much sum up how I feel about zombies in general. In creep me out. Dennis Hopper's just lying, literally eating the scenery, going zombies creep me out yeah yeah <laughs> no mean, it, it's it, not a bad movie no it's not a bad movie well and it, it, again in it's, fact i think it's probably his last good zombie film it's a lot of social commentary sorry we have I'm going off mike i'm getting our kitty yeah we've got a kitty here if you're listening to us and not watching he gets excited he wants to be in on the show oh my god he's ate a bunch of cheetos Oh, um, well, he can't help it. It runs in his jeans. Look at me. What I was about to say, though, is, is again, that's another one, though, that you have the social commentary on. Yeah, Land of the Dead, because the people who have money can live in something called Fiddler's Green, which is a reference to... Fiddler's Green was where they used to bury people that didn't have anywhere else to go. Didn't have anywhere else to go. That were impoverished or anything. So there's, there's a great Irish folk song called Fiddler's Green, and it's about... Um, that historically sailors tended to be buried there because they died away from home and they damn you didn't transport them back home you just buried them right um so anyway but uh so yeah there's that social commentary but there's also the social commentary that the zombies start to be their own and they start to progress and they yeah. start to and they go. start to and it's kind of the same what was, the, what, was the, what was the main zombie's name uh, big bubba or big bu- something yeah, something like that. But uh, it's kind of that same message that we've seen before. Richard Madison's I'm Legend. When do the villains become the heroes and the heroes become the villains? Yeah, like when is this just a new society and we've became we've outdated? Become, we are legend. I am legend. I, by the way, if you've never read Richard Matheson's I am legend, and we, by the way, we can't be friends. By the way, skip the Vincent Price piece of shit. Go straight to Will Smith. <laughs> I'm going to punch I in your dick. Die. I don't know why. You know what? And this is, I'm like the, half of that movie. We're getting <laughs> Will Smith, the Will no, Smith version is half as good. I'm, I'm going for full on to make James angry. <laughs> we're getting off topic because that is actually, uh, um, and, and the Vincent Price version. It goes straight straight up Will Smith, Charlton Heston, Vincent oh, Price. Oh, Mega Man. I was going to say, and that's, that was going to be my question, is the Vincent Price version was released under The Last Man on Earth. But my question is, which is which is worse, 
the Charlton Heston or the Will Smith? Because I think the Charlton Heston. The Charlton Heston is. Is Charlton is absolutely. I mean, it's it doesn't even get really close to the book. As an entertaining piece of distraction, it's an I entertaining piece it. of seventy cinema. Yeah, but I don't know if it's anything that I need to see compared to. Haley's on the other side of the camera, laughing at the cat that's jumping for a bug. Sorry about that. that. Is on the other side. We're of the here in the dark hole in our hidden lair. Well, anyway, we're getting off topic. So we made two more movies. I mean, um, Diary, of the, Diary Dead. of the Dead, which is not terrible, but it took it, it used the, the found the footage. First, they're the first, yeah, first person. PSV first person found, found footage. footage. I don't think it's a terrible movie. It, Survival of the Dead, which was the one after that, I think is probably his, maybe his worst film. Yeah. I've never, without the I don't think I've ever, I can't argue, I've never seen it. I have it you because I'll, it. I'll be honest with I'll be yeah. honest with you and the viewers, and if we have people listening to it this long. I don't like zombie movies. <laughs> and I'm kind of sick of them. I still watch The Walking Dead, but I'm also sick of zombies. Well, The Walking Dead... It, it, I think Shaun of the Dead was the Shaun peak. Shaun of the Dead was yeah. the peak. And then it's... They did it's, the last interesting thing. And by the way, those two guys, Edgar Wright, the director, and Simon Pegg, are both in Land of the Dead as zombies. Yeah. Yep. Because Romero was a huge fan. He used to keep a button on his lapel that said uh, two in the head or something in the head, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah, he loved Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's an entertaining film. It I, is. But I think that's the other part of it is so when you do look at things like The Walking Dead and things like that, which obviously it's... came from in part Romero, and still have never covered zombie defecation. Well, <laughs> the other part of that is it really I does bring it back around. It that's gets... what I do. That's my one port reason I'm for being. You here can't say port the store. That's it's, my one port the store. Is that what you're saying? That's why I'm here. I no, I wasn't gonna say that's James Thomas talking. <laughs> that's what that is. No, what port I was gonna say store. though is, oh is that the Walking Dead has I don't know nothing about <laughs> nautical senses. Hashtag <laughs> James P. Um <laughs> Hashtag no <laughs> Hashtag dog butters can suck it. Um, <laughs> No, the I think the hashtag other... I'm going to drop a toaster in your bathtub when you least expect it. I don't know how hashtags work. Uh-huh, I don't take back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, ducks and James don't take back. Th- no, what I was going to say though is, is that The Walking Dead? I think if you're even if you're a fan of it, and I am, I love not missed one. Did you just say you love? He wubba. He wubba. He wubba 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 you. <laughs> Are you get to your god star point? Has nothing to do with zombies. Zombies are, oh God, no. are just And they're this. not even called zombies. They don't even have a name for actually, them. Actually, and I, that's actually one thing I do like about yeah. Walking Dead is they've done a great job. Different communities call them different things. They're walkers or they're, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And I agree with you. But it's about the human interaction. But it's about the human interaction. They, but most of the zombies in Romero films weren't really about the zombies. No, that's what I'm saying. But I, I think. Most good zombie you, films are about the yeah. evil and people. All right, so we've talked about Romero for a long time, and we've got to wrap it up in a few minutes, but there's a few other people that passed away. This is our depressing episode. Yeah. Really quick, I want to give a shout-out to John Hurd. John Hurd is going to be remembered as the dad from Home Alone, and that's all fine and good. John Hurd was in some other movies. He was, he was in, the jerk and big. He was the jerk and big. He was the love interest in Cat People, the remake of the famous Val Luton film from yeah. the early 80s with a great David Bowie song. He was also in Chud, which is an obscure 80s <laughs> yeah. horror film. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dweller. He was in Chud. He starred in Chud. Also starring Daniel Stern and John Goodman. John Goodman For about was in five minutes. minutes. Yeah, Daniel Stern's all the way. And really quick, John heard from one last movie 
that I really like is, and if you're a horror film and you like Jeffrey Combs, he's in a movie called Would You Rather. So check that out too. Uh, I was going to say real quick, Daniel Stern, if you have time, has a great story he recently published after John Hurd's death. Follow Daniel Stern on Facebook. He posts it because he actually says he lived with John Hurd for a while when he was trying to make it, when he first left to try to make it as a career. So, well, and they're both in Home Alone, too. I forgot. Yeah. They were in Chud and Home Alone. They didn't have any scenes together, though. That's one of the things he said, that they passed each other on the set, but they never actually had any huh. scenes together. All right. You? Who's the uh, away? So, um, one of my favorite movies of all time is Bar None, Edward. Agreed. And... Uh, I agree. That's lo- also one of your favorite <laughs> films. Uh, not I only think that, it's Tim Burton's best film. Yeah, and so not only that, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is The Twilight Zone. Yep. That those two things have in common is Martin Landau, who passed away the day after Romero. Martin Landau, uh, also known as Ready to Rumbles, Martin Landau. Is he in that? He's the he's the coach. Oh my god! Keep going, keep going, Martin. Lan- so Martin, you could have talked about North by Northwest, nope. Space nineteen ninety nine. We are talking ready to friggin' rumble with David Arquette. We're getting ready and, to rumble. You better and, be yeah, yeah. Oliver Platt. Get back. To- anyway, Martin. So Martin Landau passed away. He was one of my favorite. He he won the Oscar and it was well deserved. Agreed. Uh, he beat out Sam Jackson for Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he played Bela Lugosi. What does Bella Lugosi look like? I'm sorry. <laughs> Sam Jackson. Short Hungarian. <laughs> um, <laughs> FYI. If you, if you haven't seen Ed Wood, what's wrong with you? I absolutely. Um, I agree. Go out and see and Ed it's, Wood. It's uh, probably Tim Burton's best movie. No, I think it's Tim. I was talking to somebody earlier today, and they looked at me cross-eyed, and I said, no, I think Ed, Ed Wood is it, Tim it, Burton's best film. It, it, there's an argument for me that Tim Burton's best movie is either going to be Ed Wood, which for me it is, but there's some argument that Big Fish might be one of his. It might Big be Fish him. is a good movie. Yeah. And probably underrated. Yes. However, Ed Wood is his best film. Yeah. That, that, and Martin that, Landau was in North by Northwest. Yes, in North by Northwest. He was, And he was in, in my personal, two of my, well, at least, no, two of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. Which two? The Western one about the man who get, who was a drunk who used to be a great gunfighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets his, and this man grants him the wish to get his um, his gunfighting skills back. And the one where the man's trapped in the hotel room and Martin Landau is the assassin who basically says he can't leave the room because if he does leave the room, he'll die. Yeah, that's, yeah those are um, good. Those are two of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. He's also in Woody Allen films. I think he's in Crimes and Misdemeanors. And maybe uh, some... I mean, the, man, the man's had a career. Yeah, he was 90 years old. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think he ran the actor's studio the last few years there in New York. So anyway. So James, you get to go to the third one. Third, I, um, also recently, passed very recently, June Foray. Um, if you don't know that name, which I didn't, in all fairness, out of the three geeks, I didn't know it. It's not, and and I got, and I got. One bonehead had to be, and I was, I was wrong. You all were right for correcting me and yelling at me and spanking me. (laughs) Well, especially for the spanking. We spanked you earlier, but Mm. that's neither here nor there. No, um, June Foray (laughs) is, if you're a fan of animation, period, you should know that name. Most people don't, we're not judging, but, uh, Literally worked for every studio. If died at ninety nine years of age, there was actually a petition going around to have her recognized. If she would have lived toward the Academy Awards, uh, the next one she would have turned a hundred about the exact same day. I think it was going to happen, and there was a petition going around actually to get her recognized because she worked for Walt Disney on Cinderella. Um, she worked on Peter Pan. She was the voice. Uh, she basically was a female counterpart to Mel Blanc. In Looney Tunes. What's she most famous for? 
Uh, for me, it's uh, I'll, Rocky. I'll, I'll interrupt you. In a I know, I know you will. Not like I just interrupted you now, but no, I will no, interrupt. I know. So I will interrupt you no, for a third right. time. You know we're running long. We're Rocket, running long. We're Rocket running J long, Squirrel. Long. Rocket J Squirrel. And from uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Rocky and Bullwinkle and Natasha Fatal, also from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, Nell from Dudley Do Right. All of these other roles. Nell. Um, so. Uh, and, and Ma never, Beagle, Ma from Beagle, DuckTales, Ma Fula, uh, the grandmother from Mulan, and uh, Haley, and, one of Haley's favorite characters from one of her favorite movies, and so, most importantly, Lena Hyena from Roger Rabbit. Um, my and, man, my man, and never stopped working. <laughs> um, she literally is royalty, I think, to animation. One thing I do want to touch base on as we do get ready to wrap up our fourth and longest um, episode. Well, I, I want because we mentioned we would do this earlier. One thing I do want to talk about real quick, because if you are an aspiring filmmaker or you like horror movies or you do want to look at what made Romero who Romero was, one thing we will close out on then, I think, is what was Romero's top ten favorite films. He was interviewed in 2010, so it's a little dated, but uh, by Sight and Sound, I believe. Was the interview there. will go better than it will in 2018. Oh, so... Romero did not He's like. He's a strong it. silent. Type. They're going to have to dig him like up and Hitchcock. put him. But I don't know that I knew that. Yeah, he did not like. He did not like Hitchcock films. He thought they were. They were uh, too commercial. Well, I was going to say there. So this is the list of what he said was his top ten favorite films. And oddly enough, the one that he mentioned checking. And out here's my fourth interruption. <laughs> Go ahead. The one he mentioned checking out is not on this list. So, Romero's top ten films. He did these in alphabetic order. Holy shit, he's still going. This is actually relevant. His favorite film he listed last, and it was one that I would not have guessed. James. Read them off. What's Read them the off. List? <laughs> Read them off. The Brothers Karamazov. Yeah. Uh, William Shatner, 12th role William Shatner ever did. Some people know Yul Brenner and uh, Richard Bates, are, but William Shatner. Just give the names. Um, Casablanca? Yeah, I heard of it. Did you just say Casablanca? <laughs> I will cough all over your block. Is this about the coal miners? <laughs> Black Lung Blanca. Yeah. Which nice. was a Street Fighter character. Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange Love? Yeah. Or High, High Noon? Yeah. King Gary Solomon's Cooper. Mines, 1950, which was originally on Star, Star Errol Flynn. So not the Richard. Uh, no, no, not Richard yeah. Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain. Um, North by Northwest. Which is a Hitchcock film. Which is a Hitchcock film. Which totally negates what Chad just said. The Quiet Man. <laughs> the closest he had to a horror film was Roman Polanski's Repulsion. Which we talked about in episode one or two, right? Uh, one, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Touch of Evil. Yeah. But his all-time favorite film, the one he singled out, he did the rest of them in alphabetic order, but he said he couldn't do the list. His number one film that he goes to when he just wants to be entertained was The Tales of Hoffman, which was a fantasy musical. Yeah. Yeah, I actually do remember him. And he brought that up when he was at the... And, and Well, anyway, we got to wrap up. So I uh, just wanted to say, though, so that would be the films that you do want to uh, think about. If you are a big Romero fan, you want to know what he turned to when he wanted to be entertained, those are the ten. Give them a look. <clears throat> he worked briefly as a page boy on the set of North by Northwest. He later said he was unimpressed by Alfred Hitchcock's directing style while there, saying that it seemed mechanical and passionless. There wasn't any directing style. He had everything. It, it was all planned before he ever got there. Just saying. He also I worked for Mr. Rogers. There's a last minute. Oh, they, uh, I was going to say we, we need to mention Mr. Rogers before I just wanted to prove my point that at least I read something about him not liking Alfred Hitchcock. That being said, zombies did not defecate. Zombies don't poop. 
So, we're not going to do a conspiracy theory this week, and the reason being is because you guys do not play along. The last winner was Dan Hahn. Thank you so much, Dan Hahn. Check out his podcast as well. He's a great musician. He did some music for us as well on our yeah, last yeah, short yeah. film, A Murder Virgin in the Third Degree. He does the music for the opening. He does the music for the opening of this show. He's very talented. He's a dear friend of the Boneheads. So, check him out. He's the only one that actually replied to our last conspiracy theory. We're not going to do them anymore because you guys don't play along. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? I was doing the no face. So. However, if Look. you have an idea for audience participation. Or if you have an idea for a show topic. Yeah, yeah, that's cool too. Go ahead, tweet us on that one. We're going to have a couple as our next few episodes come along. We're, we're working on something that's going to be really exciting. That we're going to have a lot of fun with. That we we're going to really do a mention. whole episode on a roller coaster. Woo! Roller coaster. I hate roller coasters. Five what if it's of love? Stuff. Say what? I hate what? roller coasters. More of all. All right. More of all? Most of all. All right. Let me finish up. That being said, thank you so much for tuning in. We're not going to go ahead and tell you what the next episode is about. To end this with... Because we don't know. <laughs> that's probably true. To end this, I want to say one more thing. It's going to be a little sappy. Like I said, I, he, was a, I was a, he was a hero to me. He was very kind. We've done a lot of conventions. We've met a lot of famous people. We are famous in movie as far as filmmakers. People we care about. People we care about. We've met them. We've, we've, most of them have been great. Some of them have sucked. Ask us personally, not on the podcast sometime, who we think was, a, microphone who was a dick, and I'll tell you. I have traveled Michael here. Michael Bean. Michael, yeah, Michael. <laughs> Tom Savini. Anyway, that being said, Romero was a class act. And no matter who I've talked to, no matter where they met him, they had a wonderful experience, and he took the time to talk to the fans, and he was a... Uh, just a true gentleman. That's all I want to say. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We went a little long. Hope you enjoyed it. Keep checking us out and share with your friends. From Joe Lewis and James Thomas. <laughs> oh, and me too. Check us out. You can Twitter us. You can tweet us. Thank you so much. Toodles. Hashtag let James speak. Hashtag shut the. Boo.